like everyone is always saying, Louise, just do yoga. And I find yeah. when I do yoga, I get more stressed because mm. I feel I'm obviously doing it wrong, but I get more stressed because I'm like, I'm just sitting here and I'm not doing anything. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. This week we have Dr. Kira Kelly. She is a qualified medical doctor with three years experience under her belt and a keen interest in public health and it, preventative yeah. medicine. Um, she has her blog, her podcast called The Irish Balance. So you, you will definitely want to check that out. It's amazing. Um, and you might be wondering where your regular host, Neve Marr, is. Well, don't worry about Neve. She is loving holidays, loving life. And I'm Louise Carroll, and I'll be your host today. So yeah, where will we begin? So six words or less to describe Ooh. yourself. Okay. Will I go first? You go first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what would I describe myself as? I would describe myself as a hummus-loving, realistic optimist. Whoa. And if anyone yeah. thinks that those two things cannot coincide... Is that an oxymoron? I don't know. Possibly. I mean... But I agree with hummus, absolutely. I yeah. mean, yeah. favorite kind. Where would we be? Oh, just plain, regular. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. The sun-dried tomato? No. Oh, yeah. I'm Like, Moroccan is pretty good as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do mine. Um, so mine is an unusual word. Um, it's ikigai. And that's kind of cheating because it means uh, something I'll explain. So it's more than okay. six words, but it is one word. So it's a concept that comes from a part of the world called Okinawa in Japan. And it means, loosely translated, because I don't speak Japanese, what you get up for in the morning, or what makes you jump out of bed in the morning. And I think it describes me because that's what I'm trying to do as a doctor and with the platform I have online. So Ikigai is a mix of what you love doing, mm -hmm. what you're good at, what you can get paid for, and what the world needs. So that that's, sounds like the dream. It's a cool, it's like a little Venn diagram. <laughs> it's a really cool concept if you Google it, but it's mm. something I read about. There's a book about it as well, and yeah. it's something I just find so interesting. You talk about that a lot though, your why in mm. life, which I think is, yeah. it's essentially our purpose. And yeah. I think that is so important. And, you know, if people have reason to get up in the morning and, and they're happy to do so, I think you're pretty much sorted. I mean, not yeah. a lot else can go wrong. It's yeah. really important. So what we're going to talk about today, um, following on a lot from your podcast, your mm. blog, taking a lot of inspiration from that um, and what you do best. Um, so we want to start talking about sleep mm. and then we'll follow on with stress, a little bit of social media and then the blue zones that you talk about, which yeah. I find so intriguing. So tell us why sleep is so important and how do we get more of it? And especially when stress feeds into that. I feel like people are really stressed in their lives. We're always on um, on social media mm, as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> Hands in the air. So, yeah. So how do we fix that? Or mm. can we fix it? Is it something that we'll just always have to live with? And can we learn to manage it, basically? The answer is yes, we definitely can learn to manage it and hopefully improve it. I should probably explain where my interest in all of this has Absolutely. come from. Yeah. Um, so I, obviously, am a medical doctor. So I did my undergraduate in Trinity, did three years hospital medicine to do my intern year and my SHO years. Yeah. Anyone who's been in the Irish hospital system will know that sort of phrasing. Um, and then I decided to do a master's in public health and nutrition, which is what I'm currently doing this year, full-time student. And I'm really interested in sleep because it's part of my thesis in a way, um, because I'm doing it on shift work. 
and the effect of shift work on our health. And anyone who's done shift work before will know that it entails a lot of disruption to your sleep. And yeah. I say that as a previous and you know relatively <clears throat> recent shift worker myself, doing a lot of night shifts and things like that. Um, so that's what I'm currently doing with my master's and I'm currently writing the thesis um, and learning about the awful effects of shift work on health. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so sleep, yeah. So sleep, there's been this huge rise in interest in sleep and similar to kind of every, every other health topic that comes along, because of the way technology connects us so quickly, we're no longer disconnected from people's remote interests. So if yeah. someone writes a book on sleep and, you know, some big influencer or whatever reads it or does a podcast about it, everyone knows about it. So this book came out last year called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Yes. I've you been read reading, it? No, oh. everyone I know has. And they're like, Louise, you will love this. Read it. Like anyone I've spoken yeah. to and a lot of people have read it. He's a professor of neuroscience in the US and he's been on quite a few podcasts now. <clears> and he's very... Um, he's very well obviously very well read and mm. deep in the research um, and is a researcher in sleep but everyone read the book and it is it is an absolute game changer so I read it just after finishing a week of night shifts so that was not fun <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to myself um, but sleep is so important and I think it's probably one of the first things that gets sacrificed when we get really busy and stressed yes. yeah we go a ton of time for that oh four hours is fine five hours is fine and what we know from the science which isn't new but the thing about Professor Walker's book is that it brought a lot of that science all together and put it in a book that everyone read and thought oh my god what the hell so what he has shown through a lot of his research or through the research that he describes in his book is that less than seven hours is really like something that we want to be avoiding in terms okay. of the sleep quantity. I'm so glad to hear that mm, because yeah. I've always been the type of person who needs eight to nine hours. Yeah. And then when you say that to someone, they're like, you're so weak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that so is such indulgent. a weak thing. Or a weekend yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 And like people wear this like, you know, I got four hours of sleep last night and look how well I am today. Day as a badge of honor and as I'm they're like, on their fifth coffee by 9am yeah. you know this is the thing it's it's like a lot of other things that we now are talking about in terms of lifestyle it's normalizing like the basics you know mm. what I mean and saying that they're okay so what we know from a sleep point of view is that, that it varies depending on what guideline you're looking at but seven to eight or seven to nine hours is sort of the sweet spot for adults. Okay. Um, for kids, it's actually, you know, above that, there's kind of different depending whether you're less than one or above one, less than five, et cetera. They'll be up at like 10, 11, 12, which seems yeah. crazy to us, but they are rapidly growing, yeah. so they need it. What about teenagers? Um, teenagers somewhere in between because okay. depends what guidelines you're looking at some will say that's 15 and above some say that's 18 and above yeah. in terms of like where the cutoff is between adults and, yeah. and teenagers I think for from an adult point of view um, particularly when you're kind of at the end stage of puberty that's sort of 18 years yeah. we're looking at 7 to 9 hours somewhere yeah. in between people like most people will say 8 is the ideal um, personally I get about seven and a half and if I'm less than seven I am a bear like do not talk to me <laughs> just, but we have to we really really have to get that message out there about the seven hour minimum because we know less than that has uh, so many wide-ranging effects on our health from mm. in the short and long term uh, we know it changes our um, metabolic profile in terms of like the different effects it has on how we metabolize food, our hunger hormones, um, how we concentrate, like our ability to store memory. Um, you know, people say like sleep on it, you know, but yeah, that's actually that's a very true. real you thing. Know, yeah. You know, the night before an exam, you know, all nighters, really bad idea, really, really bad idea because you're consolidating all that information overnight. Yeah. Like you literally grow and repair with sleep. 
Um, and yeah. we, we can't expect ourselves to be on the go 24-7. We need at least seven to eight to nine of those to be rest. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't expect your car to run without putting petrol in it. Uh, no, absolutely not. You know. Fair point. And is it true that without sleep, you're kind of getting your body more inflamed? Like, is inflammation on the rise? And that kind of causes disease and stuff, does it? Or Yeah, there's a lot of chat about <laughs> inflammation. Um, I'm not knee deep in the research on it, but I think when a lot of people talk about inflammation, they're talking about our stress hormone, cortisol. Right. So when we get stressed, um, like let's say you're um, walking across the road and the car comes out of nowhere and you go, oh my God, and it's that sort of fight or flight response. Yes. You know, that feeling and everyone, mm. you know, we were evolu from an evolutionary point of view, that's our run away from a bear response. Yeah. So when that happens, we get a couple of different things happen in our brain. Our sympathetic nervous system gets activated so that's where we get all that sort of adrenaline from and we also get a stress response too all coming from the brain and the stress response leads to cortisol being produced um, and then a lot of people are talking about that as our sort of stress hormone um, and talking about how inflammation can arise as a result of it um, when we talk about not having enough sleep it is a stress to the body because we're not repairing it um, and there's a lot of interesting research about how that affects our immunity and um, you know whether I suppose it has it's been associated with a lot of adverse metabolic effects mm. too so like the inflammation kind of topic is very very broad but I think what we kind of just need to pair it back to to make it easier yeah. for people to understand yeah. is that like sleep deprivation is a stress to our body the same way you know that sort of fight or flight response if we get chased by a bear is too and if we yeah. do that to excess chronically that's not good for our health long term yeah from a physical or mental health point of view absolutely and you're talking there about um the fight or flight response mm. it worked back in the day when we were running away from a bear but yeah. now our stress is kind of let's say more work related we're not burning off that energy. We're mm. walking into an office and sitting there really, really stressed. Mm. So what do you think is the best way to manage it in that sense? Like, is there something we can do in the evenings? Would you say exercise more? Mm. Are there any particular foods we can eat? Mm. Or is that just a kind of utopia? How do we yeah. manage it? So really I really, well? yeah, I think that's a really good question. I'm really interested in this because I don't know if it's that we're less resilient in managing stress or if it's that there is more things to stress us out. Mm. Technology being one of them, you know, if we look at how many things we can now do on our phone like we're essentially carrying around mini computers all the time so it means that when our previously our parents maybe might have gone and done their work day and come home in the evening and you know I don't know but my parents minimally use social media so yeah, oh, they, yeah, they don't see emails <laughs> after hours you know whereas we we now can we're a generation that can and that can always have stimulation so um sorry I'm kind of going off point a little bit in your question but no, I think there's two parts of it I think one is switching off from technology and the one is switching off from the other stresses in your day so right. and I know they're connected but um we can talk about maybe the switching off from the phone side of it maybe a little later I think in the evening if you're talking about you know managing a really stressful day there's loads of different you know things people suggest for stress management um at the individual level things like breathing techniques um mm. exercise definitely really really helps it, it will be, that'll be very different for one person to the next so I used to be someone who thought that they needed like a really sweaty session to get all the stress of work out. Yeah. And over time, I realized that really wasn't what I needed. I found yoga, um, just started to listen to a lot of podcasts, went for a lot of walks. And I still enjoy like the intense sessions, but not when I've had a really stressful day. Yeah. 
That's because, interesting. Yeah. Because I, like everyone is always saying, Louise, just do yoga. And I find yeah. when I do yoga, I get more stressed because mm. I feel I'm obviously doing it wrong, but I get more stressed because I'm like, I'm just sitting here and I'm not doing anything. You, you can't do yoga wrong is the first thing I'll <laughs> say. But, but yeah, sorry. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe it is an exercise thing for some people and then mm. others... For others, it might just be, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of apps that have come out, um, like Calm and Headspace. They're not a one size fits all either, but they are really helpful to sort of get you to tune in to just how you're feeling. And um, do you know what? You might even need an app to do it. Like for me, I take five minutes every day with my, with a coffee and I go, okay, how do I feel? Like how's today going to look? What am I doing? Just being mindful of how you're feeling and maybe even how the previous day was, um, is there any other stuff in the evening? Just like meeting a friend, honestly. Like yeah. that you get this invisible lift when you have a really good catch up with your mom or your sister or your dad or whoever it is or your best friend. Putting your focus somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And listening to how their day was and venting about yours, you know, like I think that's really, really valuable. And we forget because we can see, oh, I saw on their Facebook that they were, you know, wherever yeah. I heard about their holiday. No, you didn't. Like <laughs> you saw their story. Like you didn't see how their holiday was. You saw what they wanted you to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You saw the highlight reel. <laughs> you didn't see how they were like maybe they got maybe they were away and they got like a really bad tummy bug and they just yeah. had a horrible time you know I'm not saying they did but it, the point is that we we need to prioritize that real world social connection and that can be a really good stress buster like we know talking problems out is one of probably the most effective ways to manage stress yeah um, and if someone's a true introvert mm. and when they get stressed and they just go all quiet and they're like oh my god I can't yeah. I can't go outside yeah what would you say for them? Like, what's the best way to I go think, about that? Again, it's about finding either one or a little bundle of techniques that yeah. work for you. So, like, my favourite, um, I don't find breathing techniques overly helpful for me, but one I do love is box breathing, where you picture a box and you, like, basically each length of each box is four seconds. So you inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And you just do it a couple of times. Um, I use the Calm app as well. Like I would call myself an introvert and I do also really enjoy catching up with family yeah. and friends, but I do also need that time for me. And when I'm stressed, like I do do that. Like, I'll yeah. be like I need to just get my stuff done. Like, no, you actually need to go outside and see some sunshine and <laughs> go to a yoga class or just, you know, just be outside yeah. in the world. Actually, um, vitamin D. Oh my God. So yeah, important. So important. So important. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I think it's just about finding what works for you. And if things are really stressful over a prolonged period um, and you don't feel like talking about family and friends, like there's nothing wrong with talking to like a professional either. Yeah. Like, you know, counselling services, yeah. whether you're in college or at work, there's nothing, there's absolutely, everything is right about doing yeah. that if you need it. And I think yeah. in our culture today, everyone is like, oh, you you know, there are ways to never feel stressed, to never feel sad. I'm like, no. what? No. That no, is no. insane. These are natural things to feel. It's just a matter of managing them and knowing yeah. how to get through it. And Definitely. I think that's a much better way of going about it than hoping for a dream world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my favorite it's more stress, realistic. We've done a lot of stress chat in my master's this year because we did health psychology and my favorite definition, which just makes it much more easier to understand. Like when we talk about stress, like well, what is it, you know? Because mm. um, it can be something different for everyone. Um, like missing the bus is a stress, but so is, you know, maybe losing your job. That's, but they're not exactly, yeah. you know, yeah. they're not, what's they're, the word? It's not People. a life and death situation. Well, like those yeah. things are really crappy when they mm. happen and it's hard and it's, you know, it's rough. But I do think when they happen, it's entirely in our control as to how we deal with them. That's it. Yeah. It's like, so when you talk about stress, it's like there's a stressor. Like the stressor is the event or the situation or the person or whatever it is that's giving you the feelings, whether they're mental or physical, mm. um, that make you feel stressed. Right. So 
when you, when you think about that, you're okay, well, that's that stressor. And what you're looking at is an interaction between, okay, what's the demand that's being put upon me? Let's say it's a work deadline that's tomorrow and you thought it was in a week's time. And you're like, oh my God. And then what resources do you have? So you have all your knowledge and skills that you've picked up. You've got a friend you can call tonight and vent about it. You've got maybe, um, I don't know, what you can go for a walk in the morning just to make yourself feel a little bit better, make your plan. They're your resources. Yes. So when the demand and resources you know, when you get the resources overcoming the demands, then you're becoming resilient and you're adapting to that process in a positive way. But it's when we're consistently perceiving our resources to be under the demands that we get really, really stressed out. Um, yeah. It happened to me last week. Like I, <laughs> I met, I was, it was a thesis thing, but basically I had, I'm also oh, apartment hunting. I don't hunting. blame you with the thesis. Oh, yeah. stop. Anyway. <laughs> but by Friday night, I wasn't going to the Spice Girls. I was really stressed out about my thesis and just felt like I had too much to do in not enough time. Time was my resource. Yeah. And I knew that feeling. I was like, no, you know what? And also my wisdom tooth kicked off, which is oh. always a sign. But I just knew and I was like, that's me feeling stressed. Okay, what's the demand? What's the resource? Make a little mental list. No, actually, I can build enough of these to overcome it. Talk yeah. it out, make a to-do list, you know, make a plan of when I'm going to get these things done. And as a result this week, no wisdom to pain, feel so much better. <laughs> you know, so it, it, but it's just about being mindful of that process yeah. instead of being like, oh, it's definitely infected. Like, no, you're definitely just stressed out. Yeah. And yeah. you're just, you know, that's your cortisol going yeah. off. You that's know? the kind of the glass half full. Mm thing right there um, yeah and I think yeah I think when people I mean I started recently something I started doing was like a gratitude journal yeah and um and like when I remember to do yeah. it it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really good when Every I remember to be grateful <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like god I haven't been grateful in a while let's, <laughs> let's open that back better up. practice that oh my yeah. god <laughs> and it's all the little things it's it is. like I'm so grateful for my hummus sandwich today <laughs> I'm like it was the best <laughs> thing ever yeah um I'm grateful for getting a lift home on a rainy day like yeah. the little things are what Definitely. really really makes your day and I think if if people like focus on them a little bit more the bigger things fall into place a lot easier completely like and I I say I sounds like I feel like I've like I've it all figured out I really don't but I spent my first three years as a doctor were amazing like I learned so much but yeah. it was some of the most stressful situations that I've ever been in, in my life and a lot of them a lot of those really stressful situations as is the nature of being on call were in the middle of the night when there was minimal resources bar my brain and the amazing people I was working with mm. you know it wasn't the ideal situation where everyone is around in the hospital during the daytime and you've got you know skeleton staff at nighttime and by the time I got to the second year of my SHO training I was like right okay I have no stress management toolkit like this needs to change I can't you know I can't just keep yeah. being like hypomanic running around the ward <laughs> like this is grand that's fine no it's not you need to do some yoga you need to do some chill time you know yeah um, so that's taken about a year to sort of really get mindful of like what what is the stress what does stress look like for me and how does it make me feel yeah and it might be something like oh you're in a really, really bad mood and you're like actually I'm not I'm just I'm irritable because of that thing that stressed me out and I need to let that go and just being able to have that dialogue with yourself instead of yeah. letting the stress control you I guess yeah um, being like being mindful is probably the buzzword of of last year That's but true. and figuring that out in a year is pretty good I mean some yeah, people yeah. and I'm not being a smart ass but some people take a lifetime to yeah. kind of you know de-stress and, and calm yeah. themselves so. it's relative to life experience too like yeah. you know what upbringing you had and yeah. you know how like I'm very grateful for all of that but yeah um I think it's something that particularly with the amount of things that can stress us out now in the 21st century particularly technology too we do have to spend a bit of time 
like figuring that out for ourselves yeah definitely because um, it's only gonna like this the stress potential stressors are only going to increase so we need to yeah technology is mm. not going to disappear so. it's not going to disappear people are making too much <laughs> money off now. of that no. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to manage it a yeah. whole lot better speaking of mm. social media and technology yes um i suppose it gets a lot of stick yeah it but again is it on us to just manage it better? I mean, if I'm, you know, if, if I have a feed full of negativity, mm. I can turn it off. I can walk away from it if I want to. So why do you think people kind of, you know, let all that come in and yeah. they, they just take it? And it's, you know, it's... It's, it's so this is something... It's a little I'm, funny. Yeah, it is. And I'm really interested in this because I, as a hashtag influencer even though I don't I really just <laughs> yeah. like the blogger blogger's fine um <laughs> as a person who puts out content online that I want people to see because I want to share a message about healthy mm. lifestyle behaviors and the importance of prevention um I know I'm encouraging people to come to my content and because it's not my day job either I don't spend a huge amount of time thinking about like you know is that you know clickbait you know I, yes. I don't I'm not I'm not yeah. buzzfeed you know what I mean <laughs> but at the same time I'm also very, um, so I'm very aware of that. Um, and I think that I am trying to use it in a positive way. And I particularly follow people who are doing the same. Mm. I think that's really important because we know we're increasing the amount of information we access online. Um, and like literally we can have every fact probably ever known in front of us when we have a Google search engine. Like yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane. You yeah. think about it, it's less than 30 years old. It's great. It is great. It is <laughs> really, it. really great. Um, and then the other side of it is, it's something I've learned about quite a bit recently from a few books and things, articles and stuff is the way, particularly social media, the way it's designed by many of the most successful companies is to take our attention and not give it back. So there's this concept or word phrase, I suppose, called the attention economy, whereby these companies are competing to get our attention. And we know that's true because we've got about three or four different social media apps on our phone. We check one, we get that little dopamine hit, you know, yeah. and it reinforces the behavior to check again. And then we're like, oh, well, that's all the likes I've seen for the past five minutes. Let's go on to Twitter. We go on to Twitter. We see that update. We go on to Facebook, see that update. And then put the phone down. No, I've not had too much today. And then 20 minutes later, a couple of emails. I'll just flick again and yeah. see you know and the drip feeding of likes as well so learning about that and the way I suppose one thing that bothered me the most what I read was about someone likened the way they're designed to slot machines and when I thought of that Ooh. yeah and I thought of that and I was like what is but how different is it if I'm just hope like clicking and click you know yeah. so I think that is something we really have to be aware of that they are they're designed these companies want to make money so it's an addiction it is like the thing is, the science is so. Uh, I, someone wrote a blog uh, blog post on my website about this recently, and the thing is, this this whole science, the area around this, is so new, um, mm. because we've only had the web for less about thirty years. I think it was recently its birthday, wow. had birthday to the internet, <laughs> but social media even less so, and smartphones even less so. Yeah. Um, like literally, they have changed the world in a way. And so we don't necessarily have like long term research where we can say, OK, a child had this growing up from age three, you know, and this affected their outcome when they were, you know, 40 or, you know, how they yeah. their memory span. That kind I of think that'll be so interesting. It will. Looking yeah. At today's kids. But it makes it hard now it. to say, like, what sort of recommendations yeah. we need to have. I think I've totally forgot what your original question was. because I've gone a complete tangent. About Me this. too. But your tangent <laughs> is great. Please. <laughs> But sorry, um, do I do I think we need to manage better? I think we need to manage it better, yes, because it's it's only going to get more advanced. Like yeah. I can't remember Instagram when it didn't have stories, which is crazy because that was probably eighteen months ago. Yeah, and yet 
this is and that's it might not be Instagram in a year it could be something completely different we had yeah. anyone else had Bebo like oh my god the Bebo kid the days <laughs> the days the hearts the loves so this is the thing right but I can still remember not having social media in my life yeah whereas younger generations can't and I think we do have to get a lot more responsible about how we consume social media because a they're designed to be not to be addictive well in a way they might be designed to be possibly addictive they're designed to grab our attention and we do know from possibly from some emerging studies that they do change how we um how long our attention span lasts the sort of Mm. memory storing that we do um the different areas of the brain that light up when we socially interact online versus in person yeah so i think there's there's a lot of potential for downsides so we have to take responsibility over that I think that's actually the upside yeah and I think like you just mentioned responsibility Mm. I think that's something that's kind of going out the window a little bit it's like everyone is like no it's social media's fault but I'm like whatever happened to self-discipline yeah totally I'm like it's on you definitely you know we are the ones with the power really because we control how much you know, social media time we're getting, Definitely. et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think one of the most game-changing things I did, and I had to do it as, like, my following is quite small, but, like, enough that if I let notifications come in from social media, my phone would never stop yeah. buzzing. So turning off notifications, I think, is something that if people took one thing from this episode, it would be the most valuable thing you could do. Honestly, you take back so much of your time. And I'm talking social media. I'm talking emails if you can. I know work doesn't make that that realistic. So sometimes yeah. maybe just the social media um, or big WhatsApp groups. You know, you just your phone does not need to ping all the time. And if someone retweets your tweet, you don't need to know about it that instant and yeah. like it that instant. Yeah. Um, and taking back that time of for yourself removes a some stimulation out of your day, um, and it just yeah it just gives you a little bit less stress from all the stimulation. You might think oh that's great, no, 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 but like it, it might just be a little bit stressy, and particularly mm. the potential for us to compare ourselves to people online too. I think the more time we spend online, and if we're not responsible about what feeds we're following that can really affect us as well. You know, that sort of upward comparison can be really damaging. Personally, I actually find Instagram a really positive place Mm. because it's the thing that I actually use most. So I feel like their algorithm knows what I like. If I go on to Twitter, (laughs) if I go on to Twitter, I see like horrible things and mm. people just ranting and I'm like, oh, I'm back out. I remember yeah. now why I don't use this. There's so much rant on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's only what, 140 characters mm. or something. And I'm like, you can't, you know, educate people on an entire subject mm. in 140 characters. So you can only come out with reactionary comments and it's yeah. very, very negative, I Re- find yeah. personally. I know I agree. I think the, the demographic of who's on Twitter is quite different. Um, I, I enjoy Twitter because a lot of my academic peers are mm. actually on it. Yeah. And I find that really helpful because they'll share articles um, and things like that, which is brilliant to learn from. But I actually recently listened to a former Google product manager talk about how Twitter actually has a greater retweet rate for things that have more like outrageous words in them. <laughs> so that's probably why our feed seems so ranty is because they just get shown more in the algorithm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, it really I does Instagram change. Yeah. It really does change your like perception. I'm like, mm. oh my God, I'm getting so negative. <laughs> I have to get out <laughs> yeah. of here. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. it is. Um, the other thing that I really want to talk to you about is or are the world's blue zones. Mm. So I remember Oprah talking about this <laughs> years ago Oprah. when I was like, yay, Queen. hi, oh, yeah. what a hero. Such a hero. The best teacher mm. in the world. <laughs> um, and basically, so I'm going to read out where these blue zones are. Yeah. 
So, and these blue zones are where people live longer and healthier mm -hmm. than anywhere else in the world. So apparently Sardinia, yeah. Okinawa, mm -hmm. Japan, Loma Linda in California, and Costa Rica's isolated Nicoya Peninsula. Oh, and Icaria, Icaria yeah. in Greece. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about this on your podcast recently, mm. and you talked about, um, you know, why these people are so healthy and happy and living longer. And it essentially comes down to movement, mm -hmm. nourishment, connection, reflection, and purpose. Yeah. So starting with movement, mm. Where How are they start? moving? Yeah. <laughs> um, are, so they yeah. go, are they doing like lethal exercise? Yeah, yeah. They stand every just, morning at 4am. Oh, they don't sweat sleep. Sweat it out. No. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding, they sleep lots. Um, and they nap too. Oh, I uh, wish I could nap. I know. Yeah, my sister's a great napper. Oh, like, just calms out. so like, jealous of those God types. damn, you would have been a great shift worker. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> can't do it. Um, yeah, so the blue zones are so interesting because the thing about, the reason they fascinate me so much, particularly from a public health perspective, which is my kind of area of interest, they live longer, which is great, right? We all want to live forever. Um, but they live better, so they, they live healthier too. So what we're seeing now is that we live longer than ever before, right? Which is fantastic. Mm. And modern medicine has allowed us to do that. Um, and it gets a bad rep. A lot of people talk about, you know, we don't know enough about lifestyle and that kind of thing. But actually we have saved so many lives in the last yeah. century, particularly. We can yeah. live to, you know, early 80s, longer if you're female. Yeah, um, I think that's something we really need to focus on more. Mm. Like being alive these days is class. There's yeah. a lot that needs to be <laughs> fixed. Pretty class, yeah. There's a lot that needs fixing. There, like yeah. that's no, there's no denying that. Mm. But compared to the old days, like I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to be alive back then. The, no, no way. oh my God, Ugh. absolutely not. Um, but, so the, but what we also accumulate as we age, as a population, at the population level, is chronic disease. Yes. So we know that they increase as we get older. So, for example, the data from Ireland will show that about 65% of those over 65 will have probably two or more chronic conditions. And when I say okay. chronic conditions, I'm talking about things like heart disease, um, dementia, um, type 2 diabetes, some cancers. So we know that we might live longer, but not all of us live better. Whereas a lot of yeah. these populations are free of those chronic diseases. So the researchers wanted to look at why. And... They started, they found each blue zone in turn and found the five in total, which I'm putting down as my holiday destinations <laughs> for the next 10 years. But um, so they found these kind of nine principles of how they lived. And I kind of put them into five for a talk I gave recently. Yeah. And with movement, um, it's called natural movement. So they don't get up and spin in the morning. Um, I think in Loma Linda, some of the some of the elderly populations do maybe use a little bit of like an aerobic bike because they have access yeah. to that. But what they do is they're active throughout their day at sort of a low to moderate intensity. So for example, they might walk to the market, they might walk to their friend's house, but that walk might be like two miles, two miles over, two miles back. Okay. So yeah. and they're doing it throughout their day. A lot of them are older, so they might garden if they're retired, but they, they don't have these long periods of sedentary behavior that we have in like the western world yeah Which, that sedentary behavior yeah. freaks me out it actually scares me on a daily mm. basis i'm like this is so unnatural to it, be sitting is. down yeah and this but and this is the problem it's like well everyone is like this is how do you work other yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. it's um it's really hard i think if we try and bring natural movement into the 21st century into our lives we're looking at um things like active transport um, so things like people say stuff like, you know, get off the bus to stop early or get mm. off the dart to stop early. And that's definitely depends where you're from, you know, depends what yeah. your commute is like. Yeah. That's definitely a way to do it. Like cycling to work, for example, if you can walk to work, that's fantastic. Um, if you can't, 
like our um, Irish physical activity guidelines for like aerobic activity, the kind that gets your heart going, are to have 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity um, aerobic activity, okay. which is yeah. where you can talk, but you can't sing. So like a brisk walk, right? So 150 minutes, what does that mean? So people break it up and they say maybe 30 minutes on five days of the week, or it could be 20 minutes, seven days of the week. That's kind of semi-good math, you know? Okay. And if 30 minutes sounds a lot all at once, 10 minutes brisk in the morning, you know, get yourself out for a lunchtime walk, a walk in the evening. It's much brighter out now that we have the summer, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> but being active throughout our day. And if we are stuck in these long periods of sedentary behavior, particularly at work, just getting up on the hour, um, going to the water cooler, filling up your water bottle, drinking loads of water, you will definitely have to pee. You'll yeah. have to get up again. Um, yeah. A lot of people have Fitbits now. They're like little grannies on your arm. They will nag you at 10 minutes of the hour and say, <laughs> Excellent. oh, 166 yeah. steps to go. And you're like, for God's sake. But get up and do it. You know, yeah. we do have to, we, it, where possible, we have to build that movement into our day because we do know that doing that is much more beneficial for our health in the long term than A, not mm. doing it, but B, like fitting in like a really crazy sweaty session at the start of the day and then literally not moving until yeah. five o'clock yeah. and going home to the TV, not moving, going to bed. Um, breaking it up throughout our day is what's most beneficial for our metabolic, sorry, for our physical health and our mental health. And definitely. do you think it counteracts, like it, you know, mm. do you think it does counteract so, sitting yeah. all day or is it kind of just, this is the best option yeah. we have? So thankfully this is starting to be looked at quite a bit in the research. So the there's a big uh, medical journal, The Lancet, and they did a huge physical activity series about two years ago. Okay. And there was a really um, fascinating paper, which we can link in, the, in your show notes if you have them. But basically they looked at people who were in prolonged periods of sedentary behavior and said, okay, how active do you need to be to offset some of that? Yeah. Now, there was, they came out with a lot of different findings, but basically if people were active at sort of that moderate intensity for an hour to an hour and 15 per day, they did, and they were in, you know, a lot of sitting as well. They did offset any excess risk to mortality. So, nice. yeah. So fitting in that walk, <laughs> you know, it is. If you like walk to work, you walk home from work, you know, or you just try and just, even if you're not 60 minutes isn't feasible, start with 15, start with 30, start with where you're at. But yeah. we building it into the day is definitely what's most beneficial, yeah. we think. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Mm. I, I know the, the girls I work with, they're so sick of me saying <laughs> my, talking about my holiday to Cuba for three weeks. <laughs> but while we were there, we like we walked and walked and walked yeah. all day, every day, and just like sat down for lunch. So that was one hour sitting down. And it was it was really easy walking, yeah. gentle. gentle. It was yeah. so hot so like you were sweating mm. and you needed mm. to get in a lot of water and that. But the end of the three weeks I had no period pain. And I was just yeah. like, this has never happened. Yeah, like movement, it our bodies love to move. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, when we're, when we're cramped up working at the laptop, yeah. you know, I'm so conscious of it now. I'm sitting at my desk all and day writing shoulders pieces. getting tense. Yeah. Yeah. I, my right shoulder yeah. just goes off and it's almost like a warning sign. It's like, here, get up, like yeah. stop. But we building that in is definitely, it's something that I've really even taken on board personally, being like, okay, like it doesn't actually, like if I enjoy going to the gym, I'll go to the gym. But it's much more important that I build activity into my day as well um, absolutely you know basically that's the natural movement part of yeah. it yeah and then nourishment mm. I guess yeah so in the nourishment part in from the blue zones they do um so they have a plant slant to their diet 
um, which means there's a lot of different, obviously we know there's so many diet myths and fads on social media, yeah. so I won't even go there, it's a whole other episode. <laughs> but what they do is they base their diet on plants. So that's things like fruits and vegetables and whole grains, which actually are the bottom two layers of our food pyramid in Ireland, meaning they're the okay. most important. So if we bring that into how we can do it in Ireland, getting in five to seven servings of fruits and veg per day, slightly more of those coming from veg than fruit, um, is really important. And then whole grains as well being um, a really important staple in our diet as well. So the fruits and veg are the bottom layer, like the biggest layer yeah. being most important, and then whole grains are next after that. And that's what these populations do. And they eat a lot of um, plant-based proteins. Right. So things like lentils and beans, beans and peas yeah. and all that, and nuts and seeds. Um, really, like lots of whole foods, um, really good balance of complex carbohydrates, so lots of slow-release energy, really good amount of dietary fibre, which we do not get enough of in Ireland, yeah. but is really important for our gut health and our metabolic health. And lots of different micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals from those foods as well. Um, so it, there's, I mean, they do eat meat, so it's not about being vegan or vegetarian mm. or whatever. I think in Loma Linda they are vegetarian, um, but none of these populations were particularly vegan, but they ate yeah. meat pretty infrequently which we know from recent science is good for us and is good for the planet. Yeah. yeah. So I think it kind of, there's a lot of debate about how much you need to eat or, you know, planetary health and all that kind of stuff. Particularly in January, there was a big publication came out and it was all over the headlines. But focusing on that sort of moderation over deprivation approach, I yeah. think, is really important. It's important. Um, and just like we all, we definitely all need as a population, definitely in Ireland, to base our diets on fruits and veg and whole grains and getting a little bit more plant protein in um, helps us maybe to reduce down the, the meat side of it a little bit. Okay. Like there's nothing That's... wrong with eating meat at all. Yeah. Really good source of nutrients. Um, I have it a couple a few times a week with my family, but it's it's eaten together and uh, like getting more plant proteins into the diet, I think we could definitely all yeah. do a lot more. How many well. times a week would you would you eat meat? Personally, yeah. Um, I live at home with my family, so we sit down to have dinner pretty much every day together, which is that's funny. really nice. It's that's so, so important. nice. <laughs> yeah. it's, honestly, I'm actually overdue an Instagram post on it, yeah. and I'm moving to Galway in July, so I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that so Aww. much. But <laughs> this is I suppose this is a big point about food. I did an Instagram post on it recently about not labeling how you eat because, like, a lot of people assume probably because of how much I talk about needing to have more fruits and veg and whole yeah. grains that I'm vegetarian and I'm not. I probably eat meat uh, three or four times a week, um, but it's usually at dinner. I don't have it at lunch or breakfast. And then I have fish as well. Okay. When I move to Galway, like I don't particularly miss meat if I don't have it personally, um, but I definitely would miss um, fish. Yeah. And I think just even from a planetary perspective, um, you know, ethical and moral motivations aside, because if people are ethically opposed to consuming animal products, that is absolutely fine and that's their choice. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, you have to respect that, absolutely. Um, it's really important. But from a planetary perspective and for the environment, it's something we could probably all get on board with because we all need to live on this planet for the next, yeah. hopefully, you know, 50, 60 <laughs> <Forever> years. Forever more. <laughs> and getting more, learning more about getting plant proteins in, yeah. eating more fruits, veg, which is what we need to do as a population anyway helps sure. us displace some of that meat out. Yeah, um, And having more of a balance of white than red, I think is probably um, an important point the as well. The way to go. Mm. I'd love my own chickens. I'd love to have my own chickens. Oh, have an egg yeah. in the morning. Yeah, Be we'll lovely. call her Henrietta. I haven't planned this I at mean, all. Henrietta. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one, connection. Yes, connection. Um, so connection, again, brings it back to social media, yeah. but 
connection in person I think is so in the blue zones they prioritize family and friends and they see them probably like every day and a lot of them live in intergenerational households for example in Okinawa like a grandparent or even great grandparent because mm. they live so long will live with their grandchildren or great grandchildren yeah so it means that as they age you know and they're not perfect like they do like our bodies age and they start to get frail they do accumulate you know all the different knocks and things like that and less able to look after themselves but they have family to look after them and they also have these lovely groups of friends for example in Okinawa I can never pronounce this but it's Maui groups of five Maui. women five okay. friends that come together every day at like let's say five o'clock and have a cup of tea yeah or whatever it is they drink and they <laughs> catch up and just have a laugh you know and that's not feasible every day to get yeah. your five friends together if you're anything like me it's once a month <laughs> really hard <laughs> but doing that at least having you know social interaction in person with family or friends if you can every day but like at least every week yeah um because it's the one it's like sleep it's one of the first things to go when you get stressed but it is one of the biggest antidotes to your stress yeah and would you say like ensure that those connections and friendships are real friendships because I was mm. talking to someone actually it was like a good while ago and she um I know her from college mm. and she was just saying you know what my group of friends I actually I'm not happy around them mm. and I was just like okay well maybe you know yeah. start a hobby make some new friends um and I and it kind of got me thinking you know is it's probably more so that we need to be around people that make us happy and those yeah. kind of connections rather than just completely yeah people definitely. who might bring you a little bit down yeah or I think so I think really feeling it with I think yeah yeah I think you definitely have to be really mindful of that um because what you want really, I mean, they say you're like, you're an average of the five people you spend yeah. the most time with, but yeah. there is actually studies that show that that is true. It might not be necessarily like five people, but your social network has to support your way of life and how you want to live. Like you are definitely more likely to, for example, give up smoking if you have a family member or a friend that is supporting you and checking in and saying, how's that going? Yeah. Like, how's the cravings? That kind of thing. And that's just an example from a health point of view. Um, but like, for example, if you wanted to try a dietary change, like let's say have less than your week, like you need to mm. have someone who's willing to accept that if you're living with them or you're, you know, working with them, et cetera. Um, and I think we do have to be aware of how that, it's like everything, how it affects us mentally um, yeah. and whether it supports what we believe in and our values as people. Yeah. Um, it's important to be mindful of it. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. And what else? Reflection. Yeah, so I suppose we've kind of touched on this quite a lot, but reflection is just that the Blue Zones populations take a few minutes every day to reflect. In Sardinia, they nap, I think, which I'm totally on board with. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. But they take a few minutes every day to just chill out. Um, yeah. And it might be with a friend. It might be just sitting down to have a cup of tea in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and does it mean but, like reflecting on your life, where you are? Um, are we getting real deep yeah. here? Or is it more so just um, taking like a time out? I think that's going to depend on the person. Yeah. Um, like, I think I've become very reflective over the last year, definitely. Me too. Yeah, maybe like, it's a 20s thing. I don't know. Life. What does it all mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but I think that is, it, it depends. Like, some days when I reflect, it's like, okay, how's my to-do list looking? You know, yeah. or what's on later? What's on this weekend? Other times, it's like, what, what is the purpose? Well, you know, and it gets yeah. real deep. But I think taking that time every day, as opposed to, let's say, like driving home in crazy traffic, really stressful day, and you're like, oh God, this is all so terrible. You know, just taking a few minutes ago and, okay, why is it terrible? Like, what happened? Okay, actually, that's not that bad. And I can definitely yeah. change that. And I actually will call that friend. You know, just a few minutes to take yourself out of yourself, if that makes sense. Mm. Because 
we have like listened to a really interesting podcast recently where a guy um, had named his you know that inner voice yes. that can be really yeah. nice but can be really mean and he called her <laughs> Becky it was really interesting it was the How to Fail podcast but he was basically saying that when Becky gets mean he was like Becky stop you're being so stupid like, stop it Becky <laughs> you're being a bitch Becky he's like I control <laughs> Becky and that voice we yeah. need to train that voice to be kind yeah. Because like my new rule for myself is if you would not say that to your best friend, do not say that to yourself. Mm. And not perfect at it, definitely not. But remembering that is really important. And that might just be what reflection brings you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. Mm. And we can all call her inner ego Becky now. <laughs> Poor Becky. <laughs> Poor sorry, Becky. Sorry to anyone call Becky who's listening. Beyonce gave yeah. her such a hard time as <laughs> yeah. well, like in the last year or yeah, two. Exactly. Oh. Um, and then last but not least, purpose. Yeah, so my my one word to describe myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, so that, it probably sounds like I'm being very, what's the word? Uh, I don't know what the word is, but like saying, oh, you know, I'm all about purpose. Like I found my purpose. Yeah. Like it's work in progress. It is important though. It is important. Yeah. I think you should have something that you, like whether it's, I don't know, your child or your dog or yeah. your cat, if you're a cat person, yeah. you know, or it's your, um, it's your work or it's, you know, something, your hobby that you do. Um, whether it's something that makes you want to get out of bed every morning and it might you might have a couple of them you know mm. that's absolutely fine um, I just think having them is really important because it can be hard enough to get out of bed sometimes <laughs> you need to have something <laughs> that makes you want to go and do especially it especially in winter yeah, yeah. but I think it is really important and like there's a really good tip in one of the Blue Zones books about if you're sitting there going I have absolutely no idea what my icky guy is don't even like that word what yeah. is purpose what fulfills me just make a list so make a list and go okay what am I good at? And like, be really honest with yourself. What are you good at? Like, you know, it might be just really basic stuff. Yeah. Um, what, um, what am I good at? What does the world need? Um, what do I love doing? And what can I get paid for? So make those four lists. They might be really short, but see if they overlap. And if they overlap, that's a little bit of a Nikki guy, but you might find things within those that you really enjoy and some might overlap and others don't. Um, yeah. I think if you can find something that matches with all four, ideal <clears throat> you can try and make it something that you do every day mm. and get mm -hmm. paid for too obviously but I think even if it's just a side hobby like my blog is a side hobby yeah. um, it's not my day job it's not my main source of income but I really love doing it but it's it. part of your purpose it's like part yeah. of what you do yeah, yeah exactly and I think having a purpose is definitely like the key to happiness I yeah. think everyone should try and figure it out yeah. like what their purpose is it might be definitely. really hard but I I fully it might believe take, it's worth it. It might take a long time. Yeah. Like, it might take a year, could take decades, but never stop trying yeah, to exactly. find what your purpose is. It's so yeah. key. Or just realizing what you enjoy and doing yeah. more of that. Yeah. I think, you know, think even so. if it's that, like, you just love yoga or you're not a yoga teacher, that's fine. You don't have to be a yoga teacher. You just really enjoy doing yoga. Yeah. Do more of that. And you, you know? can be crap at yoga, but if you enjoy doing oh, it, do it. Yoga. Honestly, <laughs> that's the whole point. Like, you just can't. It's just about what you bring and what you take away. But it's also, I know it's not also for everyone, but yeah. um, it's definitely what helped me become a lot more reflective and just slow down a bit and yeah. not beat 100 miles an hour, like, all the time. <laughs> just 90, a solid 95. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay amazing I think we'll leave it there today I okay. think we've covered quite a lot, lot of important <laughs> yeah. stuff and hopefully everyone got like lots of little snippets they can take away and apply to their own lives and yeah hopefully it'll make your day even happier than it is usually so um yeah Dr. Kira Kelly Thanks thank you me. so much for being on the show Thanks it was an absolute me. pleasure so and make sure to tune in next week Doo -doo. bye bye